Honey Willis here on Coast to Coast AM. Hello, everybody. Our guest tonight is talking to us and getting to the, uh, well, I wouldn't say the final part of the story because I think it's just the beginning of it. We're talking about the hollow earth, and Stefan Sidoni is telling us the story of how he got to this information, what he knows about it, 20 years of study. And I'm excited about it because I had wanted to know what's under our feet. So, all right, Stefan, you, we, I cut you off again. That's so okay. start us back again. <laughs> Not in a do, rude way. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go into the timeline. So people need to understand the timeline that we have here. So when yes. the man's born in 1811, he starts going out with his father to uh, on, on, on the ocean there. And finally, on April 3rd of... The year 1829, they go on this voyage and end up spending two years with these giants. Come back, he gets picked up two years later, which would be 31, by this uh, Angus McPherson on the Arlington, this uh, whaling ship, put in irons, taken back to Sweden. He gets there back 1835. <clears throat> He's returned home to find out his mother's gone, and uh, he finds out that his uncle does the dirty to him after he tells him you know, what he found. He shows him things. He ends up putting him in a madhouse for 28 years. So now uh, he's released in 1862 at the age of 51. He spent hmm. 20 years incarcerated over telling the truth. So now he takes a job with a man by the name of Jans Hansen to go fishing in the Lafontan Islands, which he was familiar with. That's where his father and him used to go sh- Fishing. It took him five years of working for this man before he got his own, you know, fishing brigs, and he had a number of brigs, and he spent 22 years, you know, fishing and you know doing what he's doing, and he became very rich. He decided that he was going to retire, and uh, he was going to come to the United States. So after spending 20 years working for himself and five years working for somebody else, he decides to come to the city of Chicago, Illinois, where he he lived for a dozen years. In that time. He becomes an American citizen, right, with voter registration. He votes in the 1892 election is what he votes. So he's voting in this election for President Grover Cleveland and the other for Benjamin Harrison. So here he is. He's a real person. He's got a voter's ID, city records that, you know, he's in Chicago. And uh, I even had his address of 304 Stephenson Street, which is funny. My name is Stephen, and it's Stephenson Street, Chicago, Illinois. So, so here it is. I also get his naturalization record, which was dated September 13, 1892, which means that he became a citizen in 1892, a couple years after he got here. So here it is. He's in the record books, so you think. On... Uh, 1901, he moves to Los Angeles because he's retired. He had money. And in 1908, he tells a story to the author, Willis George Emerson, about what happened to him and provides him with maps and drawings and detailed accounts as to why we have the incomplete geography of the world. So here it is. Here's a guy. Then he dies. So I'll, I'll pick up the story from here. So I, I read all this, and I said, wow, I'm really into this. So my friend gets me to come out of retirement, I'll just say, to go to the library and do what I do. I'm, a, I'm an investigative researcher. That's what Stephen, I do. How, do you, how do you ever retire from that? Come on, you never retire from that. No, That's well, a know, love. It's like the Godfather movie. Every time I try to get out of here, they drag me back <laughs> in. Well, I get phone calls, and like people tell me, oh, you're going to take that phone call? Yeah, I got to say, oh, you're going to do that for that person? 
I go, well, you know, they don't have the courage to do it, so they have to do it, you know. <laughs> you do yeah. a good job, too. So you do a great know, job. Some, somebody's got to do it. So here I am now, <laughs> and here's where I, I cut to the chase about what I learned. So I'm looking, I said, what do I know? So I write down all the clues that I got from this. And one of the things that stuck with me is Angus McPherson, this Scottish captain, right, on the, on the ship to Arlington. He picked him up. He drops him off. He has him in chains. Is this guy real? Does he exist? Well, lo and behold, I find Angus McPherson on the 1841 Scotland census. It lists him at 45 years old. He gave his date of birth of 1796. He was born in Inverness, Scotland. His parish, his county was Inverness. Uh, he was listed his occupation as a merchant seaman. He had uh, other household members. So I'm looking at this all. I go, wait a minute, there's more to this guy, Angus McPherson. I even had his death record, you know, as September 7th, 1875, and listed on there, death place, merchant marine at sea, Great Britain. So here he was, he died at sea. And I got all this information. Anybody wants to do it, they can go to uh, FamilySearch.org and start looking into Great Britain's death and burial records for the years 1775 to 1988. So I go and I learn all this information, the microfilm and everything. I says, my God, this guy does exist. So here it is. Everything that was said, you know, from Olaf to uh, George, to Willis George Emerson about his travels in the earth, they're checking out. And here's everything there. Well, wait a minute. I find him in Chicago. I find him in L.A., you know, in, in a uh, Los Angeles City directory, and I found his address at 331 West 45th Street, Los Angeles. How many Olaf Jansons can there be in 1906 or 1908? You know, that's, that's not a common name like my name is. So I realized that I'm on to something with this. But what really got me was then I found out, you know, and if anybody listening can watch it, in my Smoky Guard Reveal Revisited YouTube, I came out with my findings as to what my research was. But what I found looking, after finding Olaf on the uh, naturalization records of 1892, and knowing that he voted in 1892, then I said, well, I should be able to find the census for 1890, because Olaf was, you know, in the United States a couple of years already, and he's a citizen, you know, thereafter. Well, here's the kicker for everybody listening. This should upset some people because it upsets me, but I'm going to try to tone this down when I say it. What I learned is that the 1890 census, there was a fire in 1921. Now, the book had been out from 1908, but in 1921, somebody decided to torch the Commerce Building in Washington, D.C. As a result... 50% of the records were lost, 25% were left, and 25% were, like, hard to figure out what to do with. So here it is. They've got these records that were might have been destroyed under, you know, nefarious uh, reasoning, and uh, but yet there's still historical value, 1890 census. So that census, supposedly there was supposed to be about 75 to 78 million people who were on the census. Well, when they did the first tabulation, they used this machine to do it. The first time they used this punch machine, and they, they felt the, the numbers they came up with, like 55 million or whatever. So people realized, no, no, wait a minute. You know, that, that census is far off. So they tried to bamboozle people and let them know there was less people, but the people weren't buying it. But after the fire, in 1933, Congress, the Senate, got together, and they passed an act of Congress 
And what they did was they had the 1890 census records ordered to be destroyed. Oh. So oh. now they purposely, oh. and this was in the first 100 days of the infamous uh, beginnings of uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So hmm. Don't ask me what I think of him. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. So I gotcha. uh, here it is, Angus McPherson picks him up. We've got the information. We know that, you know, this is a real story. The guy became a citizen of the United States. He didn't come over the Mexican border. He was a citizen. He got the papers to prove it. And so what happens next? The, the, the census now is destroyed. No records of it. And on that census... I'm sure there were people like Native Americans, other people that were wrongly, you know, killed or whatever, or the Chinese, or people built the railroads, whoever was here in that time frame in the, in the, uh, the Bronze Age to build this right. country, right? That's right, that's right. All these people who came here, well, don't they have a name? Don't they have a purpose? Don't they have a beginning? Aren't they part of our history? Mm-hmm. I'm pissed off. I mean, here yeah. it is. You think about it. Land of the free, home of the brave. When do these guys get the gall and the and the the moxie to go ahead and destroy a national record? Who the hell do they think they are? Above the See, law? Yes, above the law. And that is why the system has to be changed because Olaf Jansen, unlike Christopher Columbus, who wasn't even Italian who didn't discover anything, because everybody was here already, gets credit for, you know, the new world? No. The, the universal world has been discovered by Olaf Jansen, and this American citizen needs to be recognized, and a day should be created for him, because once this is all proved out, people will realize that what I'm saying is true. What I want to know is this. Whose name was on that census that the government doesn't want you to know. Okay? Yeah. They destroyed the census. And what is the government? What don't they want you to know? What are they hiding? And why? Here, I, I like here, to know why, Connie. Here's my question. Do you think, because, because look, I, I've seen things that, that I'm told is not supposed to exist. I've, I've seen things, and a ton of people have seen things that are not supposed to exist. And, it's, and, and the big thing is when you do, you're going, well, well, everybody needs to know this. Everybody needs to know this. You kind of feel that way. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is real. This is real. But then it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. I mean, it goes on coast to coast, right? It go, You know, we all talk about it. We know about these things, but that's about it. Now, my question is, is it really the government or is it somebody else? Well, Do you, you think it what? might be somebody else? If it's somebody else, you know, they're the ones with the deep pockets. The cabal has been around for a long time. And they are controlling things so that way we are on prison planet, like some people have websites that say that. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. I just yeah. look at it this way. You know, uh, it's, it's the truth, and you got to tell the truth, and sometimes you're put in prison for it. And Olaf Jansen, you know, paid the price for telling it like it is. I think now, what my, my message is tonight is that anybody wants to be a researcher, you know, I'm, I'm giving you uh, the ability to do that. Look up the uh, the Congress, them destroying the records, and ask your state officials, tell us why. Why would you do that? Why would you break the law? You're not above the law. Just like you, when you get uh, the official report for 9-11, you're breaking the law. Tell the truth. I'm tired of people 
blowing smoke and say, oh, this is the truth. Why? Because it's printed in the ink is dry? No, it's not true. Did you go to the library? Did you go to books? Did you have sources? Who did you ask? How did you find this information out? Because everybody wants to, oh, I got it on Google. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, watch that Google. <laughs> Google it, Google it, Google it. Well, yeah, so <laughs> What I'm giving you today is priceless. You're not going to get this on Google unless you go to one of my websites and you get it. But you know what? There you go. My, my life has come with a warning label, you know, like, uh, you know, this is dangerous, you know, hazardous to my health because I speak things that most people, like, wow, where does he get time to research this? Well, I'm outside of the box. Everybody else is working, they're dangling the carrot, they got to make money. I don't have to worry about none of that. You know, one of my rich uncles answered all my prayers. I don't have to worry about going out every day to make a living. I get up whatever time I want. Oh, that's the difference. That's the dream, baby. When you want. (laughs) That's right. You know what I like? I do these things because I have passionate to do these things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody's going to dock my pay. Nobody's going to fire me for what I'm Well, that's why you can. That's right. That's why you can. And I love it. You're, You're exactly, you are living the dream, you know, to wake up when you're rested, to go to sleep when you're tired, to eat when you're hungry. And nobody telling you what to do. But that's why you can do that. That's where you're at. And, you know, a lot of the world is living what I call the human experience. And because you're living the human experience, first of all, you don't even care about all these other things that we have uh, looked into and that we all enjoy here on Coast to Coast AM. They don't even cross those lines. They don't even think about those lines. But you know what? That's okay. They're in a whole other world system set up for whatever they came here for. But you... I'd like to say, history has a way of repeating itself. Yeah, we can't yeah. Fool again, let these congressmen, these senators, put stuff past us without nobody reading it or, or passing a law or a bill when these guys are out on vacation or Christmas holiday. This has to end. They all have to go. They all have to, so, and maybe this will help because people start, wait a minute, we want to know the truth from now on. Here's one for you. This is the truth. Yeah, good luck. Eric the Red, right? It was Eric Thorvaldson, known as Eric the Red, was a Norse, Norse explorer. And he's remembered in medieval times. He lived around uh, 19, 950 A.D. But he disappeared after taking a settlement of people to Greenland. And when they went there a couple years later to see where he was, what happened, they found no people, no nothing, no buildings, because they had no timber they couldn't build there because Greenland was, like, flat. But what they were told by the Eskimos that he took his people off that island I mean, of Greenland, and they took a 30-day boat journey up in the north winds to the north land to go into the inner earth, into the, the land of milk and honey. This is what they were told by the Eskimos there. Nothing remains have ever been found about Eric the Red. This is a mystery that has gone on for over a thousand years. So let me, so let me go into that, that inner world. I want to hear... What that looked like? How did they get in? Where's that opening? If is the opening okay? If you say it's the sea, okay, they're in the sea, and then there's an opening, but then it goes into the earth. How how is that? How do they? How's that? How's that happen? Well, what's explained is that this father and son they were near Franz Joseph Land, and they were fishing. As they kept going there, the water uh, started getting murky, cloudy, and all of a sudden the temperature got got warmer it was like england type weather it was balmy and when they went further they realized that the conditions had changed the compass was erratic because there's no true north pole because the pole is 150 miles within the earth going south 
So that's why Peary and all these other explorers all thought they were like hallucinating because the compass went nuts. Well, the reason why it nuts is there is no gravity. The gravity exists 150 uh, miles below the Earth, the zero point. And that's how this thing all is able to happen because we were not intended to be on the outside of the Earth. So all these old stories are true stories. One of the other things that I'll share with you, and I'll bring it forward here, uh, there was a Russian nuclear accident uh, on April 26, 1986. Now, on your show, Coast to Coast, my old friend, I love, Art Bell, brought on Jan Lamfrecht as his guest. And he told Art that when this Chernobyl accident happened in uh, Siberia, all the way down at the South Pole, radiation was discovered at the South Pole aperture. And also that the, the Earth rang like a bell, like it was hollow. And there were other planets that were hollow. And I'm saying to myself, well, wait a minute. How can it be that this nuclear you know, tragedy, this accident, can be you know, detected at the South Pole? I mean, it had to go through the inner openings to get out to the other side in order for it to get that far on the outer Earth. So you realize something's not right here. Now, one of the things that isn't right is the Antarctica Treaty System. Now, you can find this on Wikipedia. In 1961, 12 countries, and I'm list them, Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Soviet Union, Chile, France, Japan, United Kingdom, New Zealand, Norway, South Africa, United States, all got into this treaty, and it was increased to about 55 Arctic stations there. And they said that the area of 60 degrees south latitude was off limits to anybody who wanted to come to Antarctica. So all these countries... You're listening to Coast to Coast AM. Hi, everybody. Connie Willis here. You can catch me on my new show, Going Out and Bringing You Very Known, Well, Secret Active Paranormal Hotspots from my researchers out there that have established areas that they know are active. And then I virtually bring those back to you, live stream, live chat. Join me. It's called On the Road with Connie. I've really uh, started the developing of the show. A lot of you guys came in early. I said it's not totally ready yet, but you guys have jumped in. So that's what we're doing. So go along with me because you're helping me develop it. So on the road with Connie.com. On the road with Connie.com. Join me. It's a membership site. You are highly involved. I camp out for three to five nights and you are with me virtually. And uh, ooh, known active hotspots, all of them. <laughs> Join me. I think you'll have a good time. Currently talking to another adventurer just like me and also hollow earth researcher. We're going to learn a little bit more about that. Uh, with Stefan Sindoni. Stefan, I want you to finish what you are getting to, and then I want you, you got to tell me the visuals down there. I can't wait. I'm so excited. All right. Well, let's start with what, what we do know uh, <clears throat> on the outside. The Siberian orc in Siberia travels and migrates from uh, the uh, Siberia all the way to uh, the South Pole, Antarctica, makes the trip. 
All we've got to do is take this bird and put a tracking device on it, and it'll show whether it makes that trip on the outside of the Earth or the inside. There's a lot of animals Ooh, that migrate from uh, the 60th parallel all the way up in the wintertime. Like, why aren't they going south? Or why, why aren't they going where the weather would be uh, warmer? Why are they going north? You know. So here it is. These two things would help prove it. Another thing, where is it opening? I'll give you a place where it's opening. In Antarctica, at the Trans-Antarctic Mountain Range, at the 17,000 feet level up on the mountain, there is an alien face at the entrance of an opening where ships fly in and out. It's 150 degrees below zero at that point, so nobody's going up there. But yet somebody carved and chiseled in the face of this mountain Beware, aliens present, you know, symbol in the rock. I mean, I have a website, Hollow Earth Exposed, where I show the photo of this and actually show oh. you what's on the earth. You know, I give you longitude and latitudes. I probably, I, I've given it to you all. I'm probably the official website for the Hollow Earth in the world. I've got a very large repertoire of different things I've discovered, which I've shared tonight, and my research for anybody who wants to hear what I've talked about tonight, Smoky Guard Reveal Revisited, which is on YouTube. You asked me about openings. There's many, many openings around the world. The problem is uh, dead men tell no tales. So you go out mm -hmm. there and be, be wary. You better take a posse out there. You better take enough people with you so that way you can do what it is you want to do because in all likelihood you'll be stopped along the way and turned away if you're going to a certain area where there's, like, no flying over the North Pole. Why? Why are not planes not allowed to fly over there? What will they see? So this is and is it, is, it, is it people, though? Is it, is it humans that are stopping other humans from going in there that are in the know? Or is it the whatever lives below stopping? No, no, no. It is the people in this place. You've got the Cold War. There was a Cold War that was really never a Cold War. It was about the Russians and the United States keeping the secret of what was really happening in the North Pole. And it was also that which caused the treaty on the South Pole because they had a fight with these aliens who lived with in the inner earth, and we, we lost our shirts. We lost a lot of soldiers. Uh, and Admiral Byrd was part of that expedition down here, whether you believe it or not. So there's a lot of uh, things that happened, even Hitler, and where the 50,000 submarines went. Well, they went to Antarctica. They built bases. So these Germans, you know, were uh, believed that they were part of the Hyperboreans, which is back in, you know, you know, medieval days or whatever, but they believed their lineage came from the inner earth. So this is where things might be and where you may find them. As I said, you know, I'm a researcher. I follow some of this stuff, and I look to certain things, and if they don't make sense, I try to make sense of it and just share the information that I get. Uh, as a researcher going out, you got to go out and you got experience. And luckily I went out experienced. I read over 100-some-odd books that you can find and print about the hollow earth, the inner earth, and some of the things that they're trying to get out of newsprint that will give you information so that way you can start your own expedition or do your own search or give you areas where to look. I've done videos where I show talk about 150 entrances that I found into the inner earth. I've got the videos out there. There's too many now to mention. We're here at the close of the show. But people will have to research the body of work that I have. And if they want to know, it's there. You know, the difference with uh, knowing is knowing what to do next, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. If you don't look for the answers, you're not going to find them. You have to question. 
what you're being told and realize that a lot of things you've been told in school is not correct. Well, you and, know, as and I've had a lot of arguments, too, with people, even when I didn't even have any of this information. I remember arguing with somebody uh, just because even a little tiny research, it just happened when I was studying something else. There was somebody talking about how, uh, you know, the middle of the earth is uh, it's nickel and it's this and that. And I said, no, 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 no. It's a theory. We don't know that. No, no, that's proven. And like, there's no way it's proven because if, and this is what I had read, if you go to the center of the earth and you go straight down, you go straight down and you're digging, in order to get down to there and keep going without it collapsing, the earth collapsing as you dig down, you got to... You got to make that hole bigger and wider and wider and wider. And by the time you would get to the center of the earth to find that so-called theory of nickel down there, that's what I remember from the story, um, it widens out. The hole is so wide that, you know, (laughs) forget it. You've cut out half the earth trying to get down to that. Now, and that's humongous. We could probably absolutely never do that. I guess you can't say totally because I guess we could. However, What I find interesting of what you spoke about was, um, and some of my other questions I have for you, because I want to get these questions out from you. You're the man. That's interesting that you talked about Noah. It's interesting about all the things that you read in the Bible, and you're like, what? Huh? What? And I also feel that we are the surface people. I really, truly do. And I've heard so many times, too, where people have gone to places, even, of course, the Amazon. There must be a gigantic hole there where they've seen dinosaur, where they've seen these things you're talking about. And even portals, even outside of Kentucky, outside of Mammoth Cave, Mammoth Cave, the largest tunnel system out there underground, right? That yeah, with, a story about that. Cyclops. which is Edidorfa, which is... Uh, but if you, you reverse the letters, it's Aphrodite, who was Inanna, who was like the granddaughter of uh, Enlil, who was Anunnaki. So here oh. they are, the people supposed to who created the genetic race. They're living inside the earth. Yeah. That's where they are. And then, you yeah. know what? The misfits are on the outside. <laughs> we are the mits, misfits. So I, I think you're right. No, I think you're right. We're the primitive ones, man. <laughs> the opening tonight, you know. You know, forget about going to sleep tonight. You know, just get pack my bag. <laughs> I love it. So let me ask this. I got to ask this. Okay, when you say Hollow Earth, all right. So, so I'm thinking. And really, I saw some crazy things recently in the Rockies, and I'm like, man, these things are underground. And anytime I've seen these gigantic areas of rock or mountain, I'm thinking, there's something in there. That has been, that's, 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 that dirt is over something. That's what it feels like to me. I'm just, that's just my little theories, my little thoughts, my little intuition going as I see some of these things along the way. But when you, so I'm thinking, okay, there's civilizations kind of like, the ants build their little thing underground, and then maybe, you know, uh, some other creatures or entities, uh, which, by the way, I think they're all way more advanced than us, are down there, and they have these unbelievable civilizations. However, the picture I see that you have on our website, coastcoastam.com, and all over your wonderful work that you have out there, um, it looks, you know, like you have the crust, and then you just have this hole so how does that work? Is it kind of flat in between? And it's more of a gyroscope kind of thing. How, how does how does that work when it's well, hollow? It's, it's like an like an eggshell. You know, like the inner the inner core like is movable. It's you know it's uh, it's not fixed inside. It's not solid planet. You know, it's uh, it's a movable object that moves, and that's why the pole wow. is uh, 
you know, always moving and never fixed. So, you know, without being in there, it's hard to describe anything. Olaf Jansen gives us the best description. We've got to go by Olaf to understand just the dynamics of what I've been sharing with you tonight. And then the next adventurer will go where no other man has gone before, and he'll come on coast to coast next with for his revelation. <laughs> and maybe you'll interview. <laughs> I love it. I hope I'm with them. That is, I just think it's amazing. I mean, I there's just so much underneath this, and I have heard before from people in higher situations along the way that you know, even when people do have some clearances, they kind of shoot out stuff along the way, just to look at you, and they just look you in the eye kind of thing. It's almost like, hey, I'm going to help you out a little bit. And I've heard many, many, many times uh, that the things that you see come from within. Well, as above, so below. I mean, where does that come from? What does that mean? You know, you know, is the glass half full? Is it half, half empty? You know, you look at the thing and you realize, like even the movie, The Truman Show, what are they really telling you? You know? That we've been observed, the watchers have been observing us for a long time. They don't want you. this information. Who they are, they're the watchers. That's who they are. They are the watchers. They're controlling the the elite. They're controlling the people who make the laws and who govern this country and who have this, this system created out. This is an old Anunnaki system, a capitalistic system, you know, set up to fail. Anybody who goes against the, uh, the existing paradigm, you know, uh, has to be very careful that uh, they don't become, uh, you know, uh, someone who's put below the ground because of uh, their thoughts. I have uh, a website now coming up on YouTube called No Kool-Aid Served Here. It'll be a YouTube site. <laughs> because I want people to really, you want to go to my stuff, you won't get any Kool-Aid, but you will get the truth because I'm looking at this right now. And now that I've come forward with this body of information, of course, they're going to go after the messenger, but that's fine because I can back up anything I say and I can debate anyone about any topic that I'm, I'm knowledgeable about because I will and, spend the time to yeah. put all the details together, and that's why I'm a threat yeah. because I put sentences together. I make sense. I tell the story. I enunciate very well. My mother didn't raise me stupid, but my father, he sure tried. But in any event, my point is you have to be a thinker. You cannot change. The only thing I can change right now, Connie, is who I am and my perception of the world. And my perception of the world is a lot different than other people. But I wanted to get people into the minds of Stefan Sindoni tonight to realize that I don't just blurt things out. I try to give enough information, but the question I, I leave all of you with tonight, why? Why the 1892 census? Why did Congress, the Senate, why did they have that destroyed? What is it that they didn't want us to know? That was not that long ago. That yeah, exactly. was not that long ago. And here's the thing that, that irks me, is that Olo Jansen, though he was a Norwegian sailor, he became an American citizen. Mm-hmm. We did this to one of our own, you know? Maybe Norway locked them up for 28 years, but what do we do? We try to erase them from the records. Yeah, well, there you go. Something is known. So tell us where we can find you, Stefan, again, just real quick across the board. Well, the site we're talking about tonight, the information is uh, hollowearthexposed.com. Uh, I mentioned briefly about legends, so legendsandmystery.com, or if they want to learn about the uh, Stockton record legend that I solved uh, three years ago, they can learn that there. Or... 
One coming up that you may want to have me back in, in September about, the real Stefan Sindoni, where I lay out what really happened on 9-11. Oh, all right. All right. That sounds good. That sounds so good. You can check out, anybody listening, check out my, my site. But, you know, look into it with an open mind, because the mind is like a parachute, Kyle. It can only work when it's open. I'm open-minded to everything that I come across, because nothing that happens is bad. I learned this a long time ago. You know, even with 28 years in prison for Olaf Jansen, he found a way to create drawings and maps to tell stories, to relate to other explorers what they encountered coming up to the North Pole where they could not get a true North reading and what he learned from the inhabitants of the inner Earth. Author Willis George Emerson did not make this up. He got it from Olaf, and the fact that I could find the ship captain, I can find Olaf, you know, migrating, emigrating here, becoming a citizen, finding him on the voter records of registration. The only thing I don't know is the man's shoe size. I got everything else. (laughs) So I know he exists. He didn't need a social security number for me to find him. I was, you, as I mentioned earlier, I was divinely led and creatively connected to be able to be, you know, creative enough to make YouTube movies to tell my story, to be the storyteller, to spin it, so no one could stop me and say, "Oh, you're not tenured. You can't tell that story." No, I can tell whatever story I want. And you know, even cooler, Stefan pointed out that hey, the author's name was Willis, and then you got Connie Willis. So I was added to the story. Thank you very much. Exactly. And I said to you, there are no coincidences. This is all synchronistic, just like in the story. It. I found him located living in Stephenson Street in Chicago. Well, what is Amazing. my name? Stephen. People want to call me Stephen. I go, no, no, it's Stephen. But I realized that this information came around for me to stop, pay attention, and write it all down and take the time and spend the years that I have compiling this because I want my body of work to be that people say, you know what? That man was a great thinker. That man gave us information that we clamored for, we wanted to know, but he put it all in one place, did it concisely, precisely, did it very accurately, and put all the facts in a row, his ducks in a row, and let this, the truth be told. And as Olaf Jansen said, and I will quote him, the truth is stranger than fiction. That was Olaf Jansen, Norwegian sailor, who later became an American citizen. So I think a national day should be given to Olaf Jansen for giving us the inner earth and now allowing us to say, okay, people, move out of the way. We're going to look, we're going to go look for this. We're going to find this. And we're not going to allow you change laws or, or change or stop us and pee our progress. From- Stefan Sedoni. Thank you so much, Stefan. We'll have to bring you back on again. Thanks, Stefan. Take care, okay? Appreciate that. I love him. He will be back again. He's got more to tell. And we've got some great stuff on the way. 